Good afternoon, everyone. It's podcast recording day, and I'm very, very excited to sit down and interview my friend, Caitlin Limmer. But first, I want to find out how you are. How are you all doing? Um, It's just beginning to rain again here. It's very moody skies today. My wife and I are still in fairly strict lockdown. We're both on the vulnerable list. So the UK has actually opened up a bit now. We have lots of shops open and uh, life is looking a bit more normal for many people. A lot of people back at work. But yeah, because we're both on the vulnerable list, we've got two months to go until our baby's born as well. So we're being very, very cautious. We've been advised to be very cautious. But it just gives me a chance to sit down and record podcast episodes, which yeah, is fabulous. Um, and yeah, today I'm interviewing Caitlin and I'm really excited for you to listen to her. If you're having a bad day or you just want to sit down and listen to an episode that really is like a friend's chat with lots of nuggets of wisdom in it, then this is the episode for you. And I would love it if you could share it with other people who need to hear it. I know there are lots of people out there. You might be one of them. There are lots of people out there who are really struggling at the moment, um, connecting with people that say they're feeling very lonely, still feeling very distanced from others. People who long for some physical contact, like a hug. You know, we're not we're not able to do that really. Um, so, if that's you and you're listening to this, then I'm sending you a virtual hug. In fact, I'll send you all a virtual hug anyway. So, yeah, lace up your trainers and go out for a walk with this one, uh, or go for a run, or even just sit back, kick off your trainers, sit back on the sofa, put your feet up with a cup of tea, and have a listen. I'm really excited to interview her, and uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. So let's get interviewing. Caitlin's in the house. Hello. There she is. <laughs> Paul Ginger Bird is here. Oh, yes. Gingers galore. <laughs> Kiara dyed my hair the other day. I've got to tell you a funny story before we carry on. So Kiara has been dyeing my hair for a while now, Caitlin. And uh, we get the proper colour, you know, from Sally's, like the hairdressing supply place. And we went for a slightly different colour. And as she was dyeing it, she said to me this time, B, I think I've done it wrong because your roots look ginger. Uh-oh. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to wash this dye out. And ginger hair on people with very dark olive skin doesn't look right because it looks kind of a similar colour to your skin. Um, uh, yeah, it could have no, gone really gin- wrong, but it's actually hair okay. On, ginger hair on most people doesn't look right, but some of us have to live with it. <laughs> ginger hair really looks right on you it's taken 49 years yeah well i finally got used to it now it's going gray (laughs) it ain't fair (laughs) are either of your children have they got any ginger hint to their hair color no (laughs) no they haven't um they haven't and i i i jest when i say Gosh, I was slightly relieved because that's very mean. And, uh, you know, my godchildren are all ginger. My <laughs> friend's children are all ginger. And, of course, they're absolutely gorgeous. But uh, having grown up feeling like I look like a bloke and, uh, you know, not, not feeling the most attractive uh, specimen on the planet, I am quite relieved for them that they haven't got to go through that abuse in the playground. Well, they'll they'll have picked something else now, won't they? It won't be about ginger kids anymore. It'll be something else to pick on. (laughs) We won't go down that road. road. No, we won't. So we've we've chatted and I haven't even introduced you. So for those of you listening who don't know who I'm talking to, I'm talking to Caitlin Limmer. 
Um, she has many, many job titles. I'm going to start by saying that you're the founder of the Bearcat Running Club. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But just a, uh, a hint on that is, is that the Bearcat Running Club, I'll start off by saying that the clubhouse is a pub, okay. um, which for those of you looking to join a running club who are worried about elitism and um, not feeling welcome, I can highly recommend a running club that starts and ends in a pub. That's the first thing I'm going to say. You're the former race director of the Cabbage Patch 10 race. Yep. Um, and you organize the Turks Heads 10K race every year, which is a fabulous, uh, I want to call it a community fun run because call it, it doesn't, call it that. Yeah, yeah. It's all about people and it's, and it's fun and it's just the best race in the world. Everyone who knows anyone is there and it's a day that everyone has a great run yep. and a great beer at the end. It's fantastic. Yeah. I'm also going to give you a job title as fastest deep friendship I've ever made. Um, that's going to be another job title because oh. I must have had 20 people say to me before you and I met, I must have had 10, 20 people say to me, you and Caitlin would get on like a house on fire mm. and she would be a new great friend for you. And then finally we met and we are great friends, which is wonderful, well, but it, it happened very quickly. It did. It happened. It was honestly, it was better than a first date. I mean, it was, it was fast. It was furious. <laughs> and I, I think you became a sponsor of mine within, <laughs> within 24 hours. And I yes. was like, are you sure? Are you sure? You really don't know me that well. <laughs> I've never, honestly, I couldn't believe it when you said that. I was like, wow, gosh, what if she regrets this decision? <laughs> you and I were chatting before I pressed record on this and we're talking about how I am the sort of person who, I'm, I'm a serial self-experimenter in everything. Um, and I have been all my life, but equally I'm the sort of person, if I'm going to make a decision on something, I, I make a decision. So I don't, yeah. I don't mull it over. Occasionally in life, I've made some very bad decisions, but I would say nine out of 10, going with my gut, my decision has been right. And being one of your sponsors has been definitely been a right one. Yeah. So that's another, another job title you've got. Um, one other job title, well, it's not even a job title. It's a personality title. It's a Caitlin thing. Is that uh, you and I share a history of, having survived something major. Um, and I'm not going to make the whole podcast episode about this, but I'm going to start there because some of the people listening will be runners and they will be Bearcat people. And some of them probably don't actually know a great deal about you. So we're going to start there because, in it, and we're not going to dwell on it for too long, but it's, it's something very close to my heart because I've battled serious illness. And I just want you to, just give me a timeline on it um, and take yourself from then to now uh, in terms of your health and the way you think about health, because it's, it's very much a part of who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can, I can probably do it in a, a couple of sentences. So um, the bare bones of it are that uh, 16 years ago, I was given 40 minutes to live and um, that was, that was quite a, a turning point in my life, turning point because it, it went, luckily it went in my favor. Um, but after that, I was also diagnosed with a rare blood disorder um, called myelodysplastic syndrome. So I've had two, two incidents in my life where 
I have um, really recognized the value of my life and I totally, totally see it as a gift. A gift is a bit of a naff word, but it is a gift and it totally halted my life in its tracks and totally made me think, what the hell now? I'm cracking on because uh, still living with a, a blood disorder um, that cannot, uh, can only be cured at present with a bone marrow transplant. Um, I'm just going to get on with it and, um, and try and be brave and try and leave a small imprint on the world, um, a small ginger goosey kind of imprint. Some people will wonder why the hell I've just said that, but others will understand. Um, but, you know, I've gone from being three stone lighter than I am now um, and barely being able to walk to, uh, yeah, being pretty fit. Um, I, I sell myself on <laughs> being able to achieve great things, but not being uh, ready for the Olympics just yet. So <laughs> I love that. I, um, I answered your question, but that was my answer. You answered the question perfectly. And I love how you didn't actually, um, not that there would have been anything wrong with you giving an entire health history, but you and I tend to, to touch on health and then we skip on, don't we, Caitlin? And we, yeah. we, you know, we acknowledge it and we acknowledge our fight. And then we just say, well, you know, what are we going to do about it and, and how are we going to live our best life? And yeah. I've seen you and I, you know, I've known you for a few years, not, not, I haven't known you for decades, but in the short space of time I've known you, I've seen you go from someone who is hiding a little, hiding a little of yourself and your greatness to someone who is beginning to really sparkle. And you've always sparkled, you've just hidden it. And you've been embarrassed by it, you've apologised for it, and now I'm seeing you really yeah. come into your own. Yeah, I think um, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Even though I've got a terribly loud voice and a loud personality, um, I also find it quite difficult to, uh, pe people find this odd to hear, but I do find it quite difficult to be at the helm of uh, a few great things. And uh, difficult in that I am just the same as everyone else, quite obviously. Um, but I have a real thing about imposter syndrome and I think, you know, many, many people do. I think if you're a, a giving human being, you, you understand uh, yourself and you want to understand about why you feel strange about some things. And I do, do have a problem sometimes thinking, well, who am I? Who am I to be doing this with you today? Who am I? You know, um, but just in the last year or so and uh, maybe that's called getting older and experiencing more and more things in life um i've started accepting that i have a legitimate small purpose uh or maybe that small purpose is getting larger to get a few messages out there and they're just my messages they're not life-changing but if i can affect a community uh just a, in a small way then that is I, I accept that baton and I bow and I curtsy and I am starting to say thank you. Thank you for letting me help you and help mm. the community. Is that why you started the Bearcat Running Club? What's the story behind that? Um, the story behind the, the Bearcats is that I was a personal trainer for many years before um, I 
started teaching more and more people to run. I knew how it was changing my life. I started running after I was ill. I, I had to for medical reasons. And mm -hmm. I also wanted to, I, I desperately wanted to send a photo of myself to the lady that had saved my life. And, um, and I also fell in love with it. And I thought I've got to give this to other normal people. Um, I was, uh, I, I still find it very odd that I am at something at the helm of something called a running club because the words still intimidate me um and and they shouldn't you know my running club is rather different and it's no better or worse than any other running club but yeah i was teaching more and more people to run my passion was to teach people to change their lives through running not just to become great runners i want people to see that they can change the rest of their lives their careers, their relationship, their confidence, their mental health. And I have a complete and utter passion to communicate this to people. Yep. It, it really, it, it troubles me, <laughs> you know, in a good way. Don't you think the greatest, let's call it a business for the purpose of what I'm about to say. Mm. But I think the, the best businesses in the world and the best business owners are the ones that lie awake at night with it troubling them and oh, yeah. troubling them in a good way. Yeah. Because like that, you constantly evolve, you constantly improve stuff, you constantly think, how can I make, you know, you're serving others in what you do. The moment you make a business about yourself, it's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. If you carry on saying, how can I best serve my subscribers, my community, my whoever it is, my customers, if you keep that at the forefront of your mind, you've got a great business. And, and I totally agree with that. And I had an issue recently that I was trying to deal with. And um, it was giving me a bit of oh, a bit of sleepless night through, oh, I'm not sure if I can do this. I'm, and I made it all about me. And, and I was like worrying, what will people think? And then, I, and then I had a chat with someone and they said, Caitlin, look at what matters to you. And she said, what matters is your runners, your community, helping people. Now turn that problem around and turn it towards those people. And suddenly it isn't a problem anymore. Yep. You know, because my focus is away from my silly issues which everyone has. I'm not ashamed to say it. We've all got little foibles that have developed yep. through our lives. Um, but as soon as I turn around and think, right, I'm doing this for Bridget. I'm doing it for Tom, Dick and Harry, you know, yep. then I'm like, yep, yeah, my, my, my engines are firing again. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And it, it leads me very nicely onto a point that I probably, I, well, I'm, I'm assuming you will have noticed because you are you and you're very, very perceptive, but I've, I've become, those of you who, who I'm friends with on Facebook, you will know that I mainly just post stupid things mm -hmm. to make people laugh or cats and dogs or funny things. Yes. One of the reasons for that is I've seen Facebook become a platform, especially recently for shaming. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've seen life coaches shaming people for queuing outside Primark, um, uh, two, being in a two-mile queue for Primark opening on Monday. Um, I've seen fitness coaches shaming people for queuing for drive-through McDonald's. I've yeah. seen, you know, I've seen so much shaming. And I just think, you know, if you, if you stop shaming and start serving, yeah people listen to you it, you know if you keep shaming others especially if you're in a position where you're supposed to be serving others people stop respecting you and they stop listening to your message and that's the one thing 
I can say about you as a person is I've never, ever heard you shame someone else. Yeah. And, and, and I hope you never will. Um, I, I have a real problem and, and uh, many people know that, you know, I can't do, I don't want to be involved with hearing about someone else, bad mouthing someone else. And, and I'm quite um, blatant about that. And I will walk away from conversations that don't make me feel comfortable. I don't want to be part of something that I don't agree with, or I just, you know, I, I don't think there's any value in knocking someone else because we have no idea what is going on in these mm -hmm. people's lives. And it really, it really does, it troubles me. But uh, you know what, I'm getting really good at it and I've done it for years mm -hmm. and, and I will blatantly say to people, also another thing I, I say is, you know, if you have a conversation with me, it's a private conversation. Yep. And uh, what I've noticed over the years is you can tell one person one thing. And even if you say, look, this is between us, the yep. chances are they will tell one other person yep. <laughs> and it will be well-intentioned. Yep. Um, and, you know, I'm not criticizing anyone for that either, but, you know, we need to learn to respect each other's trust and always be kind, always be kind. You know, Where did you get that from? Where did I get that from? Uh, probably experience of the opposite, probably. Okay. Um, I, I can't think of any specific reasons, um, you know, but possibly, you know, I, one thing I've never done as yet at the Bearcats is have a committee. Um, and, you know, some people might not like that. Um, I, I always try and listen to my leaders and always listen to other people's opinions and I will apply them. I will apply them directly. But I have a fear of that kind of thing because <laughs> I can't bear it hearing it's going back to what we were just saying i i don't want someone slagging off someone else in front of me or getting a little bit um power crazy whatever the, the expression is mm -hmm. um i and you know i know it's a bit alternative <laughs> um but it seems it seems to have kept things smooth uh within my community and you know i'm sure you know, uh, we're all human, no one's perfect. And, you know, it's just the kind of rule book that I try and live by. Um, and I don't find it difficult to live by. I think it's a very simple rule book, you know. For someone who's so apologetic about how wonderful she is, actually what that shows me is someone with a huge amount of self-esteem. Often people gossip and pull others down or, you know, belittle or point score when actually they're very lacking in self-esteem. And it, it, to me, it shows that you have a really nice, healthy level of self-esteem. You don't need to do it. You don't need to do it to get any further ahead in life. Yeah, it's interesting. I've, I've never thought about it like that. I know. I mean, I, I'm sure it drives some people wild that, uh, you know, they, they might tell me something or, and I, I don't, I don't play ball. Yep. No, it's <laughs> I, wonderful. I mean, uh, it drives my mother insane. I have to say, she, she, she's like, why won't you just back me up for once? And I said, well, you have to look at it the other way, mum. Maybe you, you know. Yeah. You have to be very diplomatic, though. It's very difficult to tell someone not to do it. Very difficult. It's sometimes you, easier just to walk away. Well, I can't tell anyone not to do it. That's yeah. not my job, but I can lead by example. Um, by gentle example, not by, uh, please don't do this on Facebook. I just, yeah. I, I will do it through my own actions. You and I share a love of someone. Um, this, this segues really nicely into someone I want us to talk about because you and I have a love of David Goggins. 
Oh. And I don't know if you found him via this route. And if you haven't actually read this particular book, it's going to be my gift to you for appearing on the podcast. Yes, you've got it. <laughs> I'm holding it in my hand, Bridget. I'm reading it. <laughs> have, you, have you only just started reading it? I'm three quarters of the oh. way through. I got given it last week. So honestly, it's, it's possibly one of the best books I've ever read. I mean, David Goggins book that he wrote himself is fabulous yeah but living with a seal yeah by jesse itzler is one it is just the most phenomenal book no it is fantastic i won't ruin the ending for you but just for 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 people listening um i'm gonna put a link in the podcast notes to a book that i would invite you all to read and it's called living with a seal and it's the true story um and I won't ruin it, but it's a true story of someone who's actually a very, very successful American businessman who invites a Navy SEAL or former Navy SEAL to come and live with him to basically whip his ass into shape. And I think one of the reasons you and I, and, and this Navy SEAL is someone who's actually become pretty famous. Uh, his name is David Goggins. He's written his own book. Uh, he's an ultra runner. He's a complete maverick. But one of the things I love about him in every single piece of media I've listened to where he's been interviewed is he never, can't hurt me. Thank you, Caitlin. That's his book. <laughs> you never hear him really badmouth someone else. No, he's not interested. He's not interested. <laughs> he's interested in maximizing his human, his physical and mental potential and some, isn't yep. he? Yep, yep. He's like a self-experimenter on steroids. I wish, I wish I had read him aged about 25. I think they should make teenagers read his book as part of a school curriculum. I actually bought about 20 copies last Christmas to give to everyone I knew for Christmas. (laughs) Because I actually had to limit myself to about half an hour every day because I flipping could not put it down. Down. It made my heart palpitate every day. I opened it up and I was devastated when I got to the end. I still have it on my desk and I read it, you know, I don't know, 18 months ago. Um, I adore it. I urge people, if you need a kick up the arse, ah, just if you need a reality check, just look what his basic message is. Everyone's had it tough at some point in their yeah. life. Get, Get over, on with it. Deal with it. Please deal with it. Yeah. And make the best of your life now, you yeah. know. And it just came to me in a different way. You know, me and you, you know, we had our little medical hiccups. Um, and that made us think, come on, let's, yeah. let's crack on. Because I saw the light at the end of that tunnel yeah. down there. And I didn't really want to go there. And, uh, and so, you know, I, for me, my life, you know, my life was great before. It was absolutely fine. And it was quite fulfilled. And, you know, I would have gone in a perfectly all right direction. But, um, you know... David Goggins, he's my, he's my demigod. He really mm. is. And he, yeah, he's, he's not bad to look at either. Okay. I mean, he is quite good looking, isn't Maybe he? Maybe you can cut that bit out. No, I'm not cutting <laughs> I it out. I know you won't. <laughs> Nothing's edited, unfortunately. <laughs> um, it's, it's fascinating. So to read, it's interesting that you've read it that way round because his book, 
that he's written, he's obviously allowed to talk about himself completely. But having read, when I read the first one a couple of years ago, he was this enigma at the time. No one was really talking about him until Jesse did his book tour about David and invited David along. No one had really heard of him. And I was reading this thing thinking, I mean, who is this guy? At first, he was almost like a fictional character. He was such a, such a machine. You know, the fact that he's, like he's in David's, he's in Jesse's house, sort of with no, no com creature comforts and not eating, <laughs> not eating, and you know Staring he's at the wall. Yeah, he's a guy that decided to enter or decided to try and qualify for one of the world's toughest endurance ultramarathons, and he needed to go and do a qualifying race. I think he needed a fifty-mile qualifying race, and he'd never run an ultra before, <laughs> uh, so he just decided to go and run one. It was just, just totally mind blowing. Every single page of it, literally, it could you know, I, I could be taken to hospital. My heart, my heart goes into strange arrhythmia reading yeah. that book. <laughs> What's fascinating about him is that normally, I would say, a lot of people who are very good at what they do intimidate others sometimes into not taking action mm. because they're so brilliant. But he's got, he's captured this, and I don't know if it's, it's his background, but he's captured this amazing way to inspire others to take action, even though what he's achieved is beyond most of our wildest capability. Yeah. That, and that I is, don't is. know what is the secret source to that. I th because if you look at, you know, I follow some, I follow some pretty high-end ultra runners. I'm fascinated by ultra running. Yeah. And we can talk more about that in a bit. I'm fascinated by ultra running because what I love, and we both know Tom Garrod. You know Tom, don't mm -hmm. you? Yep, yep, a little bit. Um, you know, Tom is someone who will turn up to a race with sort of handmade snacks in a rucksack and just turn up and if he needs a rest he'll chuck his rucksack down and sleep on it for a bit and carry on and sort of go and win mm -hmm. some 240 mile race yeah there's no sponsored you know there's no energy gels there's no 140 pound trainers there's no i, think I love the ultra runners for their ability to just go out there and run until they can't run anymore mm. which is in contrast to i think a lot of marathoners that people look up to which a lot of it and i'm not bad mouthing the, the sport at all because i encourage anyone but a lot of it's a bit egocentric whereas david doesn't come across like that he comes yeah. across as someone who's basically saying if you turn up and don't give me your bullshit excuses i will celebrate you and i will yeah. help you yeah, yeah. but if yeah. i hear you whinging about your your fat ass or your you know, your this or your that or your bills to pay or I'm not interested. Yeah. I don't want to hear any excuses. I think he wants to take people back to being a blank canvas and just saying, you know, you can be that blank canvas again. Whatever has gone before on that canvas, be the blank canvas now. Yep. Start with me. Let me show you how I did it. And, you know, you, you can put on that canvas what you want it to, to have yeah. on it. And it can be, you know, it can be hanging in the National Gallery if you want it. And that's, I mean, he is just... Yeah, I, I can't wait for more and more and more of him. Yeah, me too. I, I kept stalking him because I want to see another book out. I'm like, is he going to write another book? I mean, come on. Some other one. He, he loves the odd swear word, and as do I. And uh, yeah. I love it uh, when he whispers in Jesse's <laughs> ear. 
first thing in the morning and I, 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 won't, uh, I won't say exactly what he whispers, but uh, one word is M and one word is F. And, uh, you know, he just the fear of this whispering demigod in your ear at 6am. You wouldn't argue with him, would you? Nah. <laughs> I would jump. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Talking of blank canvases, I'm going to talk a little bit about Digme because it's a shared love of, our, of ours. Mm. And people who know me and you know, uh, know you now know that you and I are big supporters of Digme Fitness. Absolutely. Those of you that don't know what Digme is, it is a... I'm going to call it high-end. No, let's not call it high-end. Let's call it boutique, performance-based cy indoor cycling studio that now encompasses HIIT training, yoga, et cetera, et cetera, run club. Uh, and I remember talking to you about Digme ages ago and saying to you, Caitlin, I think you'd really enjoy it. Um, in the same way that Vicky Anstey, who we both know, said to me, Bridget, she kept saying to me, Bridget, you'd really enjoy it. Just go. Is that they literally only just opened the studio. You will love it. Just go. And I am Denard and eventually um, bumped into Dan giving a demo on the bike in Richmond. And I, and I, I signed up and I remember saying to you, you know, I think you'd really enjoy it. And then eventually you, you came along. And then I remember sort of six months later going to class with you and looking at your fucking stats at the end of the, at the end of the class on the board and going, <laughs> I'm sorry. Really? <laughs> Have you taken something? Cause who made you a cyclist? Oh, like, wow. <laughs> talk to me about, you know, and I'm jesting, I'm actually giving you a huge compliment because yes. one thing, one thing I will say about you is when you set your mind to something, you're very quiet in your pursuit of improving yourself, which I applaud. And, and the reason I'm asking you this question is because it's relevant to the people listening. A lot of people listen to my podcast who are looking for self-improvement in some mm. way. Yeah. What, what do you think turned you from someone that wasn't sure about cycling into someone actually who's a pretty decent cyclist? Um, well, what turned me initially was that I had to give up running overnight. Um, uh, I had another little blip medically and my wonderful running <laughs> coaching career kind of stopped pretty, uh, well, literally overnight. Um, so I'm, bore them with that but so I had to find something else I, mm -hmm. I I'm not someone to sit and just go woe is me yeah uh, you know that's the end and I, I, what am I going to do so I think it all all came hand in hand with that really the the desire I think I'd done open water swimming loved that um kind of ticked that box and needed something new um decided to try and get into Ride London 100, hated cycling, rather nervous about cycling, been knocked off once, very mildly myself, also lost a very uh, beautiful woman from our community um, on a bike. Uh, and so, you know, I'm not a confident cyclist um, and never really loved spinning. But, and also I hate stats, or so I thought <laughs> I did, you know. Um, and also I didn't recognize any of the tunes, tunes, Bridget always shouts tune during a spinning class. And then I hadn't heard of any of the tunes. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> posh. I love it. Now, you know, I, I'm flipping down with the kids now. Um, you really are. I am, baby. I am. I love it. I actually, my husband was saying, I, I, I don't know any of those, that music you play now. <laughs> but um, no, I, I don't know. I just... I found, I, I think I, I think you can fall in love with something anyway. I think if you 
uh, well, if you're taught well, which you are there 100%, you're taught brilliantly, you're nurtured, you're encouraged. It's exciting the way they present it. Mm. Honestly, I am quite pathetic. There's a, the, uh, there's a heartbeat. I don't know how they call it, but there's a heartbeat at the beginning of a class. Oh, it gives me goosebumps you're every dumb. time. I know, I know. It's a bit like David Goggins again. I'm just like, oh, oh, every time. Oh my God, the child in me comes out. I want to do my best. I want to do my best. And, um, and I went from sitting at the back behind a pillar on bike number 35 to hell, David Goggins took me up the front and let's bring it on because I know that I probably, you know, I try that bit harder when someone's screaming right in my face and I, and I don't care. I, I want to look horrendous by the end of the class mm. and I do, and I, but that horrendous is my beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it showed me, you know, another area of myself that I had no idea that I had an ability in. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm okay, who cares? I don't care, it's not competition anyway. For me, it's about, I wanted to, you know, I keep wanting to be the be best. best. Yeah, physically, mentally. And I couldn't believe what it gave me. I, I you know, I, I cannot thank them enough for what they've given me. And you know what, for me also, I've been introduced to their community. And as, uh, I suppose, as someone that's built a community of her own, what was rather lovely for me is I am now part of another community and I'm not at the helm of it. Yeah. I am just part of it. And, you know, that's really important. Um, I don't want to be at the helm of every community, you know, race director, charity, whatever. You know, I, I want to be part. I just want to blend yeah. in. And I think that's one of the successes, though, of something like that spin concept. And the reason it attracts and I'm going to make a sweeping generalization here now, but I think a fair one. Um, I think it attracts high achievers, type A, predominantly type A personalities. I used to think it was an ego thing. I don't actually think it is. I think it attracts people who, because of their type of personality, have a lot of responsibility, whether they are um, a CEO of a company, whether they are um, a community leader, whether they are whoever. Because for that 40 minutes, 45 minutes, you cannot look after anyone else. Yeah. You yeah. just have to turn up as you. And the pressure is off. Mm. You know, the responsibility is off. You the lights are off. <laughs> yeah. You give yourself over. Brilliant. To let someone else take responsibility yeah. for you. And sometimes yeah. that's what we need. You know, having been a trainer, a physical trainer for yep. so many years, for me, I, I'm quite particular about, the kind of people that inspire me um, training wise. And I have never really, I mean, there's maybe one or two other trainers that I really recommend. And, but in there, there were many, you know, mm. there were many good trainers and not just good, exceptional. Yeah. And that excited me and it made me think, my God, you know, that this next generation of trainer, they are, they are being, taught very well and actually it's something i want to be part of i always wanted to train the trainer i want to produce exceptional trainers yeah. uh, because i think there are a lot of unexceptional trainers out yeah. there and i mean you know i don't mean that really maybe it's just not their thing or they yeah. think it's an easy they think it's an easy job to go in they love the gym let's do become a trainer you know that doesn't make you a good trainer no um being a being a a, a 
good human being and, and caring about an individual and their life, in my opinion, makes you a good trainer. Yeah. And, and we could, we could sing the praises of so many instructors at that Digme studio yeah. and I'm not so going to start listing them because I'll make a mistake, but I'm yeah. going to mention one. Yeah. Um, and it's not who you think I'm going to mention actually, I think, yeah. um, I'm going to mention Laura May. Ugh. And the reason I'm going to mention Laura May and Laura, um, if you're listening, we're sending you a huge virtual hug. The reason I'm mentioning Laura May is because meeting her as a person and then meeting her on the bike, the one thing that really comes across from her as a trainer, and she is an incredible athlete, mm -hmm. I'm just going to put that in there, is she wants us all to become incredible athletes. Yeah. She, she cares so much, not about whether we like her or not, because actually that's a false economy. Mm. She cares about us improving and us enjoying ourselves and us, you know, being the best we can possibly be. But, you know, I, I also think another reason why she is very good is because she's had another career. Mm -hmm. She's chosen to come to this career. Yeah. Now, she, you know, she, she, I'm sure I don't even know much about her previous career, but she has made a choice later in life to change career and do this because she is passionate about it. Yeah. And, you know, that when people make a big change, um, it's because they need to do it. Um, and she, yeah, she, what I love about her is also that she is herself. Yes. Um, yes. You know, I understand that, you know, I remember we had a conversation once about, you know, uh, trainers and, you know, some trainers put on, uh, an, an image and mm -hmm. for me you know that doesn't particularly work i yeah. i want to know what the genuine article is yeah. i i i that's a personal opinion you know some people like bells and whistles with their trainers and you know to be beautifully instagram um ready and you know yes that inspires me to a degree but the human being the actual person the nitty gritty of that person, the good days of that person, the bad days of that person, that is what inspires me because I want to know they're normal as well. I don't want to know that they, you know, they look like an Instagram shot yep. uh, when they get out of bed in the morning because yep. I, I certainly am not that. <laughs> oh, well, Caitlin, you're, you're preaching literally to someone who is yeah. about to change her whole social media strategy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to change my entire Instagram to basically giving a very very honest real account of what life is like yeah because i'm so fed up um you know my wife and i are bringing a, a daughter into this world i am so fed up with and actually i would probably do this change regardless of whether i was or not but this has given me a, a an, an extra incentive i'm so fed up with looking at everyone else's false reality I, I'm so bored with it. I, do, I don't want to see someone looking perfect. I don't want to, I don't want to follow someone with a big following who I'm potentially trying to learn something from to find out that their shopping cart doesn't look like what they're presenting themselves as eating or that, you know, when they say they go out and, and run a 10 mile run at, you know, a six minute mile to find out that actually it's a 10 minute mile. Not that there's anything wrong with that, no, 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 no. but I don't want this created curated reality. Yeah. I want someone to share. I'm going to share my chin hair pictures. Yeah. I'm going to share my cellulite, my chin hair, my, because until we start doing that, 
there are many people without the self-esteem that you and I have that are seriously affected by it. I, I wrote a post many, many years ago now about, um, yeah, I, I think it was the year I was given a, well, no, it was, I've, I've written about it before, but I remember I was given a wonderful uh, swimming hat by my running club <laughs> once and it had cabbages on it and it was Brilliant. green. And um, I had a photo taken of me in this hat. Um, I, I don't remember <laughs> requesting this photo, nor do I care that this photo was taken. But this photo was put all over the internet. And, you know, I really, it made me laugh. It yep. was hideous. <laughs> and I'm sure every ex-boyfriend I know on Facebook Fabulous. was thinking, thank, thank God I got away that. <laughs> But you know what? I encourage people yeah. to just put their normal pictures on because yeah. here's the tip. Whenever anyone actually meets you in real yes. life, they always say, bye, you look well, love. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and, and, what, and the fright, I mean, I know, I know people who are in relationships with men. I'm going to say men because I don't think women in same-sex relationships would tend to do this, but I know at least one woman that does this who gets up and puts makeup on every morning for her, before her other half gets up. Every day. But, you know, I, you know, I understand that people do that. Yeah, uh, it, I do. And I just, but I just urge them, don't do that. Just yeah. let them, you know, just just let them love you for who you are <laughs> but are we are we doing that though aren't, aren't teenagers doing that with every single photo that they put up now you know there's filters for this and filters for that and i i think teenagers these days are a really interesting um double double side of a coin because you know 50 percent of them not not the person but the, well, the individual 50 percent of an individual might be doing those photos those yep. funny lips those you know <laughs> hands behind the head whatever but then they are also very grounded in other ways Tina. yeah they're not doing as many bad things as we think they're all doing they are very uh caring towards each other a, yep. a lot of them i mean i'm speaking i can only speak from the experience of the environments that I live in and, and the children I know, but you know, so there's a kind of a kind of funny, or maybe it's a, a, a growth that's occurring because this posing and these lips and these photos have been out for so long now. Maybe there's an evolving thing yes. coming through. Please, 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 in time for your little yes. little months can come in. So, yeah, yeah, you gotta, yeah. I can understand why you're starting to think about this all more now. I mean, not that. I mean, I I don't look at your Instagram. I'm not on Instagram. Well, I think I am, but I I don't know quite how I got there. But <laughs> someone did. Someone's it. given you a profile and set you up and made you be <laughs> on know. there. I mean, that's pathetic. I must get a grip. <laughs> Going back to running, um, what advice would you give someone listening now who perhaps and and I want us to then talk about your new project. But what advice would you give to someone who is thinking about running um, and is scared for whatever reason to start? How, how can we, not that we need to sell running to people, but what you've been in this game a long time and you've yeah. seen thousands and thousands of runners come through yeah. your doors, through your yeah. races, through yeah. your, 
you know, one of the biggest attractions for me is the chance to switch off and problem solve, actually. Um, and the fact that, you know, you can just put on a pair of trainers and they don't even have to be expensive and just go out your door with minimal equipment. Mm. But what advice would you give to someone who would really like to get into running but is fearful? Mm, fearful. Mm, ugh, yeah. I just, I can only say I urge you to do it. Please do it. Don't, uh, you know, when I started, um, so I started just after I was ill and I was the typical uh, go out at five in the morning um, with baseball cap on. I'm not even sure I didn't have a pair of sunglasses on at five in the morning at one point. You know, I did not want to be seen by anyone. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I had no ability and I still have a very average ability and I'm proud of that. Um, so I just, just... What I would say is, if it is in your heart to do this, go and do it. That you're not going to fall off a cliff by trying. Nobody is going to laugh at you. And you, you just, you will feel fantastic for just trying. And reach out to others. You know, reach out to me. I don't care. I get hundreds of messages all the time. And I have a passion for just starting someone off. Just giving them that little gentle nudge of you can um, because it can change your life. I mean, I know that sounds extreme, but it can. And, you know, I used to be an opera singer before this, um, you know, and now I'm a personal trainer. Well, I'm not really a personal trainer anymore. I'm a sort of, you know, overseer trainer. And, you know, I was a trainer, personal trainer for years, but just do it. Why? Try and move away from fear. What are you fearful of? Are you fearful of someone laughing at you? If they do, you know, who, who are they? Yeah, They're not worth being in your life, you know. Mm. People will only respect you for trying. So try, try. There's a, I, I give a little talk, um, and one of the things I talk about is leaps of faith and, you know, just just going for it and uh, you'll only regret it if you don't you know you must and this is what I'm telling myself at the moment every little new project I you know I, I, I go through I, I have a process and I'm recognizing it in myself now I have a process of mini anxiety I can't I can't I can't what will people think of me oh my gosh you know and then I do the thing I spoke about earlier and turn it back around to outright this isn't about you it's about the community so just just Go through whatever process you have to go through. Recognize that, accept it, and put those trainers on. Put them on. Yeah. One way I think that... So lockdown has encouraged a lot of people to run because they can't go to the gym. I think we're seeing lots of new runners out there. People have realized that, you know, especially when you were allowed out for your hour of exercise a day, it was the perfect excuse for people to take up running. Um. And I know that the Nike training app had a lot of people sign up to it because it is a guided run mm -hmm. um, that you can, uh, some of the runs are free, some of some you pay for, but they have guided runs for various times and distances. And it's like a mini training thing. But I think given that um, you and I have enjoyed Digme's virtual spin classes and virtual classes, I wanted you to chat about your 
the direction you're taking your running club in for now because you are imposed you know you can't have great groups of people yeah. out running together yeah how you are looking to do that virtually because it might be a nice thing for people listening to this who mm. haven't been to your physical running club yeah. to sign up and join Absolutely. in so what's it what's your your project about so basically the wonderful dig me they invited to me and me to be a guest on their virtual first uh, or second uh, live run and what it was was it's using the application of zoom and putting downloading zoom on your phone putting your headphones in and basically you tap into a live class but the way it's being presented and the way that i think really works as well is i i want to present it like a radio show almost um and but it's live and you've got someone someone that cares to help you in your ear supporting you saying you know go on go on bridget you know it's nine o'clock you can see lots of other people on the screen that have also joining in. And, you know, I, for me, the wonderful people at Digme encouraged me to do this from the start for my community. And I, you know, I felt really, uh, really grateful to them um, because it is a great idea. I know that Nike have done it and lots of other people are doing it. But, you know, I think it's, it's wonderful. They've encouraged me. So I'm going to give it a go uh, mm -hmm. on June the 28th. I think it is not, not, this, not this Sunday, the next one. Yep. And, um, and I, there will be some music. Um, there will be some, <laughs> some funny old tunes. Some of your tunes. Yeah, some of Caitlin's old tunes, old bangers. <laughs> and, um, but also it will be a, a little platform. That's a very 2020 word, isn't it? Or... Um, yeah, and uh, to to try and inspire people with a few experiences, or whether it be guests or whatever, I'm I'm just finding my feet with it at the moment, and I want I, I've got a little section in it I'm going to call uh, the Bearcat Speakers Corner. <laughs> so it. a bit like Hyde Park Speakers Corner. We're going to have a Bearcat Speakers Corner. Um, you know, and, and who knows what will evolve out of that? And you know what? Maybe this will be a one-off thing. Who knows? But the way I've had to think um, is that if this virus continues, we get a second wave or, or whatever happens, however long it goes on, you know, I've got to think of a way of keeping my community exercising and, and yeah. mentally well. Um, and just think, think wider. And this idea is so lovely. And, you know, I'm so grateful that they, me generously offered this to me because they do it brilliantly and um and i want to do it i want to do it well i want to do my runners justice and just offer something a little bit new so what i encourage people to do is be brave and try it because that is what i am doing all right yeah. dj caitlin weren't on my cv and still isn't it might be in a couple of weeks time but you know uh, the way i'm looking at it is uh, i'm i'm the captain of a plane and we're going to take a flight together and there's probably going to be a little bit of turbulence on the way <laughs> i loved and is... possibly a crash landing well no i don't think you'll have a crash landing at all <laughs> what i loved when you did the first one didn't you with dig me then yeah. interviewed you and what really really made me laugh so Ben said that he was going to remind everyone to turn around. So it was nine o'clock we start. And he said, right at the beginning, I'm going to tell you when the turnaround point is. Well, I was so absorbed in the run, I completely forgot to turn around. And I was like four miles. I mean, I'm four or five miles from home, I think, at this point. And I was already knackered, but I was just into it. 
Yeah. And I thought, shit, I haven't turned round. And, and we've only got 10 minutes left and I'm miles away. <laughs> what made me laugh, though, is Ben said, right, Caitlin, and now um, I'm going to get all my guests to give you all a tune that um, we're going to, you know, bring the last 10 minutes home. Bring, give you all a tune. And I'm thinking, oh, Caitlin's going to do something really old school. Or it's going to be like, don't stop believing or something maybe a little bit cheesy or even Thank like you. spice girls or something ah! no no we had some kind of trancey hard house banger, oh, yeah. classic and i was like caitlin you've changed love <laughs> so like a thing. Know, but that is bridget come on that is me all over i like i like to surprise people fantastic and... <laughs> i laughed out loud I like to go against the grain in life. Yeah. You know, I have had to. I am, you know, being born ginger, you start off going <laughs> against the grain anyway. And then, you know, I'm in the running world when I don't look like a runner. I've had many people look me up and down. I've seen it and say, sorry, what, what's your role? What's your role? Uh, you know, I, I want to be the different person. Yeah. I want, you know, I've had people say to me, um, and why have you been given that job yep. in my time? And I have said, because I'm good at it, yep. you know, and, and I, the great thing is I've started to, you know, I genuinely believe I am good at what I do and yep. it's because I love it, you know, um, and I work hard at what I do and I won't ever stop working hard at what I do. I'm so up for cheerleading women, Caitlin, into and in positions of power, positions of, and I don't mean power in a negative sense either, but you know, positions of head of companies, the amount of times I get that people come to my ice cream shops and say, where is Mr. Danielli? And the staff will say, well, Mr. Danielli's not here, but Bridget's here, she's one of the owners. Oh no, no, that the Italian guy owns the company. Yeah, so does Bridget. You know, that people don't, they look you up and down and they don't, and I find women are worse, they're worse at this than men often. Look you up and down as if to say, oh, well, you know, I could never consider being in that position. So I'm automatically going to assume that you couldn't either. Yeah. And that's usually where it comes from. Yeah. And that has to change. Mm. And I think the more that we can be brave and stick our heads above the parapet and say, no, no, this is me. This is what I do. Mm. Um, not in a, in a, look at me way no. but more in an empowering way to show younger women that actually you know okay. you can do this yeah, yeah. absolutely and uh, not everyone's going to like you not everyone's going to respect you or like you or support you or but fuck it there's thousands of people that will and i think it's you know i think it's probably quite hard um for for some men maybe to have a woman at, at the helm of things i i don't know i I, you know, I, I mean, my my friends and people in the community have never made me feel uncomfortable about it. But I know there are people, you know, I mean, there's, you know, there are always people in this world that are going to challenge you, you mm. know, gently. And, and, and I suppose it's when they do challenge you and say rather odd things to you that you grow, actually, yeah. because you are so shocked by what they say and you take it in. And you either have a little chuckle and think that's their stuff, Caitlin, not yours, um, you know. And and that, but you still grow. You grow another layer, and not 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 to harden yourself, but you grow another layer of depth. 
and learning and yeah. um yeah and that's a positive actually so when someone actually maybe that's the approach we need to take if <laughs> you say thank you very much for that you've taught me something thank you so much for yeah it's a gift really insulting me <laughs> uh, i'm okay with it and you've given me something <laughs> someone that has given me a lot of really good coaching over the years once said to me bridget you need to stop asking everyone to like you mm. When you speak your truth and you, you speak your value and how you can help others, there will be many people that don't like you. And you know what? That's okay. And most men go through life not even giving that a second thought. Yeah. But as women, we do because, I mean, depending on how we've been brought up, but most of us of our generation, Kate, then were brought up to sort of minimize ourselves somewhat, mm. um, you know, not to be loud or... Um, it was a generation thing. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Boys and, you know, don't men... minimize yourself, I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a tough thing to do actually. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I know, as I said before, I'm a big character and, but owning it sometimes is a tricky one. And I, you know, I have a, an amazing, uh, life coach that I turn to at points and um, you know these are the kind of things that you know sometimes we need to learn and um, and it's a great thing when you do but I also think you know maybe you don't necessarily totally get over that you just accept it yeah. and uh, you know uh, I park it somewhere else somewhere yeah. else it's there it's in me and it you know that's okay actually it's okay but I, I try and park it a little bit further away from me than sometimes it feels. I love that idea. What a wonderful meditation that would be yeah. actually to yeah. visually, to sit and visually imagine yourself parking, physically parking yeah. something away from yeah. you. I love that. I'm going to steal that if you don't mind. The other, the, other, the, the other way I look at it is that I am the driver of, uh, you, know, you know, lovely Steve, um, our friend who drives a, a big... Oh, I love Steve. Yeah. Uh, salt of the earth, amazing, yeah. giving man. And I, the way I also see it is that I am the driver of my own number nine bus. <laughs> and I have this flipping person on there, which is also me, that sits at the back of the bus sometimes and causes a bit of a palaver sometimes. But, you know, they've got a place on that bus. Yeah. And, you know, it's just accepting they're there and telling them to just pipe down a little bit sometimes. Um, I'm the driver. Yeah. <laughs> Talking of Steve, um, give, we're giving Steve a shout out. Yeah. He's one of the Bearcats that I can honestly say I have heard him on many many occasions encouraging other people oh he's i've had so many people say to me and message me i could not have done this without steve's encouragement mm. he is um a very good runner as well he's a great runner and um uh, an interesting interesting human being and you know again you know he is someone that i would always say to people you know listen and learn to everyone uh, you know from yeah. everyone because sometimes if you don't you'll, you'll miss out and and steve has so much to give and give and give and give and steve by the way you talk a lot but we love you <laughs> <laughs> i'm totally really does steve he's lovely he's my mate he's the most amazing man so yeah yeah there's there's two a couple of other people I want to celebrate before I go on to the last section, which I think you're going to enjoy. Well, you might not enjoy, you might cringe. Mm. Um, one person I want to to touch on. I don't know if she listens to, to podcasts because she's the most incredibly busy 
multi-talented woman and that's Kiefer who is the founder of Digme Fitness um, and someone who when we were talking about Laura May it reminded me of Kiefer because she had a successful law career and basically decided that she was going to stop doing that and open up a company based on her passion mm. um, and it's worth men mentioning that Kiefer and her husband Jeff um, are incredible athletes yeah but she's someone I really look to, you know, sometimes when I think about stuff, I think, oh, what would Kiefer do? I mean, sometimes I text her and ask her mm. um, because she's someone who is a phenomenal athlete who I remember going to dig me and I hadn't met her yet because she was on maternity leave. I'd met Jeff. Kiefer turned up to class six weeks after having her second child and having had a cesarean got on the spin bike and basically wiped the floor of everyone in that class. Mm, mm. And I remember thinking, do you, I mean, I didn't even know it was her at the beginning. I looked at her stats at the screen and went, oh my God, who is this person? Mm. When I realized who it was. Mm. And I, I said to her after class, I mean, you, I, and I know you've just come back from having a, a second child and a cesarean. Six weeks later, you're on that bike smashing that. Mm. Yeah. She is someone else who I look at, you know, if you look at her in class, she's, encouraging others at the same time but she gets on that bike and she gives it 200 percent absolutely every single time every single time mm. yeah um and she's someone that you know you and i both admire and someone that i'm going to interview from this podcast and i actually see a lot of similarity between the two of you mm. um she's kind of an irish version of you in mm. many ways um and i i'm looking to maybe gather a little virtual group of women together where we could spend some time bashing some ideas out amongst us and it's something that I'm going to talk to you about at some point Funny. and keep her about um, I've got a few ideas I, I want to talk to you about on similar lines actually perfect <laughs> um, <laughs> because I think the three of us um, and together with people like Laura May we all write we all lift each other up we you know we rise by lifting others up and you're not on, on Instagram, but she is constantly like screenshotting people's faces in class, in, you know, in Digme class, virtual class, and then posting it on her Instagram story with like, oh God. I mean, <laughs> I know she's someone who cheerleads others too. Absolutely. You know, there's a secret source. There's a thread that ties all this together yeah. um, that I think we should explore at some point. Um, and again, I'll, what, I'll explore it with you by showing you another book. It's called Everyday Ubuntu. Okay. Yep. It is about um, celebrating, you know, if an individual has a success, it isn't that individual that's just had that success. Yep. It's about every single person that has affected their life that has made their success it they are all the success the community is the success so when you know if if i get an achievement from somewhere it isn't just mine it is every single person that has come to running club done something for running club and and she is she is like this she is a community builder and um and for me, you know, I'm well known for saying, you know, my, my passion, my fire in life is people. And I, I, you know, without people, forget it. I can do no money, no food, no anything, but I need people. Mm. And she is a wonderful people person. And as you say, a, a, a raiser of 
people and and that it's just good to be around that yep. kind of emotion it's healthy it's i healthy. agree and yeah so shout out for keeper she might be she might listen to this podcast incredibly speedy runs around richmond park hopefully <laughs> if you're if you are listening to this and running keeper godspeed to pace you, up, because, love, pick yeah, pace up. caitlin and i couldn't even keep up with you on a bike if you were running let alone running behind tandem, you Bridget. if we were on a tandem together we'd probably be able to catch her <laughs> oh fabulous um talking about jobs and lives and when i was out on a run uh, recently i was thinking about how i know so many people with some incredible skills that aren't potentially getting financially rewarded for them in the way that they should so i was thinking about the linkedin model and thinking about because i coach people mainly women and a lot of women have a lot of job uncertainty at the moment um and it made me think about LinkedIn and, and I, you know, I went on to LinkedIn. I don't know it that much about it because I'm not in the corporate world, but it's all a bit in the same way that um, Instagram is a bit pat on the back in terms of how great I look. LinkedIn is, can be a little bit, oh, you know, I've got this qualification and that qualification and this is what I do, but you don't really get the essence of someone. Okay. Yeah. And I thought, it'd be a great idea to have some kind of a platform where someone like me could basically interview someone live and people listening could go, shit, that person would be great in my company. Yeah. Because I love, so I am not many things. Um, I am not the best person to run my ice cream company. I'm not, I'm, I'm very good at making up new recipes. I'm very good at doing certain things within my company. Managing people and running my company are not my skills. Perfectly happy accepting that. Um, one thing I am good at doing is meeting people in life and basically virtually matchmaking them together at yeah. some point. Yeah. And I think I'd make a great matchmaker, but not in the relationship sense. Business I think, matchmaker, yeah. Yeah. So I had this idea that... Virtual headhunter, Bridget. Yeah. yeah. I would love, because that's what I loved. It. I love seeing people's potential and going, oh my God, you, you know, this person would be so great mm. in this role. Or mm. that, you know, that is what I love doing. Mm. Um, and I've done it with friends. You know, I've met people and then I met another person. I go, God, those two people would be such incredible friends. And I just... Yeah. say well go on you know try it go out for a coffee with each yeah. other see if you like each other i mean it's a bit weird but at the same time it kind of worked now i know you very well and i think you would be an amazing person to go into companies and improve their company culture yep I so agree. <laughs> I, I went out on a on a nine and a half mile run and the nine and a half miles i'm saying that not to show off i'm saying it because like your run that you the virtual run you did with Ben I forgot to turn around yeah. I got so into my thoughts and 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 I, I was thinking about you and I was thinking do you know you would be such a good person to go into a corporate business because you are so good at detecting nuance you're very good at reading a room you're very good at looking at someone's face and understanding what they haven't said 
And there is so much toxic company culture that is built on gossip that I think you would be an incredible, I think you could have a, a standalone business that's just you as a consultant where you go into companies and you transform the company culture so that instead of people going in and dreading going to work on a Monday morning because they're scared of being bullied, they're scared of not being heard, they're scared of not being enough, you'd be very good at recognizing individuals' brilliance and also going in and changing this gossip, nasty, backstabbing culture. I think it would be a great job for you. I agree. And it, it, it's funny you say this because I've been, I, I, as I said to you recently, oh, Bridget, I've just done a CV after 30 years of never having done one. I mean, I think the last CV I wrote was when I was an opera singer, you know, with Steve <laughs> Mouse and Marriage of Figaro. I mean, that's not <laughs> going to get me very far in the old business world, is it? But I... I agree. And I was, I was, you are funny. You know, we think very similar lines. Um, I was thinking about, you know, gosh, it's a new kind of HR really. Yes. Um, and I think, I, I mean, you've just thrown that out there and it's something that I was really just touching on in my head recently. You know, I believe, and I, I talk to people in lots of different types of businesses and I talk to people in very different, um, uh, areas of the business from the top top boss down to the person that's just helping whatever in a, a, a lower job um, and I know I can talk to both people and I know I can inspire both people and I, I do think you know I think there's quite a lot in what you're saying and and that and actually it floats my boat it excites mm. me the thought of making people stop and think and you know, come on, come together. I mean, I remember hearing at the beginning of this coronavirus, I was having a conversation with quite a, uh, well, a few similar conversations about miscommunication during lockdown because nobody could see each other face to face and everything was being done by email or, you know, or Zoom mm. calls. So yes, Zoom calls were okay, but there was still, you know, a bit of miscommunication going on. And, you know, for me, I have a real thing, a real, real thing. This is another desire in my life if there is ever a problem whether it be in my running club which i thank god you know i think i had a you know one minuscule problem from someone in the community once i deal with it immediately mm -hmm. immediately because it takes all the fire out of it yep. you know i you know if it the problem involves me then you know then i'm not stressing about it the other person it, it goes it vanishes yeah and i you know, yeah, I have, I would be fascinated to, to do that kind of thing and to create great environments for businesses. I mean, you know, I look at the wonderful Digme and how they're evolving so fast, but you know, they, I cannot take my hat off to them more in so many ways, but even in the lockdown, you know, what they're, what they've achieved, but it's not easy for them. And, you yeah. know, we can see they're achieving great things, but my gosh, they must be having a blooming hard time as well. And I, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's got to be one of the greatest pivots I've seen in lockdown from a yeah, company. Yeah, and really. Ever there is a business that deserves to survive this, yep. and it's I them. will do everything in my tiny power to help them, you know, get through this because. Yep. I've never seen a couple and a group of staff, 
you know, try so exceptionally hard. And I, you know, I, I mean, you and I feel, I know the same about it. You know, we feel completely driven to help them in whatever way we can, you know. Um, but yeah, I'd love to, you know, I'm on the lookout. I'm on the lookout. So if we did a virtual, and, I, and I'm really serious about this, and listeners, you know, if you want in, it's going to be free. I will probably host it on Zoom once a week, but I want women who are serious about working on their hustle to join, mm. where we all get together and we just support each other and brainstorm and, you know, find, um, r find routes for others in the group to execute something they want to do. Absolutely. I... I'd, I'd had a similar sort of similar thought process, um, but for a yeah, for for people to it's like a bit like you when you Laura and I meet up, or I have another group of girls that mm. I really feed off, yeah. and you know one week someone will be dipping slightly, and the other two will lift and trigger something, and there is so much in this, and it is such an uplifting thing. Um, yeah. I you know I come away. And without using a silly, you know, I action so many things straight away because these people have just said, come on, you know, try this, do that, be brave, you know, just get on with it. And just by other people telling you this, I mean, it is, it's like having a life coach, I guess, but, uh, you know, down one level within a smaller, a more of a community thing, or, you know, you're, you're talking about a, a different, a different kind of platform. I, there is a lot of room for all of this out there. Yeah. Um, and it, it does really interest me. Uh, one of my favorite people in the world, and I'm going to introduce you to him. I don't know him personally. I wish I did. Uh, he lives in San Francisco. He's an amazing businessman. He's called Naval Ravikant. Mm -hmm. He has a brother um, who wrote a very, very successful book that went viral, but Naval is an angel investor. Um, yeah. He's very much involved in Bitcoin. And he he's a philosopher for now i i think heaven forbid he's you know he will die at some point and i think in a hundred years time people will be quoting him because he is so insightful and so profound and he put a tweet out and it says you will get rich by giving society what it wants but does not yet know how to get at scale yeah. and yeah. he's right yeah and and i think when I coach people, I, you know, I remind people of this often when people come to me and say, look, I'm thinking about starting up a business. I found this tweet by him as to show us to someone as an example recently, but I, I've always believed that, you know, if you're going to open something or if you're going to do something in life, the, the businesses that work are the ones where they, you are showing people how to get what they, they don't know how to get and you scale it up. Yeah, yeah, yes. And, and that's why I think what I've suggested for you to look at as an avenue in your life is because it's something you're very good at. It's something that companies now are very, very mindful that they need. But they don't know how to get it. Mm. You know, telling some, again, telling some Taipei city guy who's head of a company that actually he could have a company that's a hundred percent greater in every way by changing the culture within it. They don't understand that. It's not their area of expertise, but it is yours. Yes. And that's a really 
wonderful compliment actually and again i think i am starting to really believe this myself i have been used a lot as a sounding board for people in business in the last 18 months or so and and my hearing my responses to them and hearing my advice to them i'm starting to really believe yeah you know your stuff girl yeah, you do. actually and what you're saying i'm very proud of what i'm saying and it's it's not brain surgery either no, bridget it isn't and again you know for me life is incredibly simple mm. and it is you know I, I, in this talk i give one of the ingredients to my life i refer to it as hrh um <laughs> and obviously not talking about the royal family but um but I talk about honesty, resilience, and hard work. These are very simple ingredients in life, yeah. you know? So, and, and life gets terribly complicated. And I think obviously if that's one thing lockdown has taught many people, you know, uh, declutter, de, yeah. you know, de everything, de everything. Who needs to have the flipping haircut all the time? Yeah. Who needs to, you know, I we don't No, no, and, uh, just embrace simplicity. You will be so much happier. You know, just do what you love. Yes, I know we've got to pay bills and, you know, I, I totally get that. But do what you love. Be honest. Be kind. It, it's the formula to life, in my opinion, is very, very simple. And somehow it's got very complicated out there. Yeah. You know, and... And if I can be part of stopping that, you know, and just making people stop for a second, and maybe, you know, as a result of this lockdown, people will be on board to, to think about that more now, you know, change, change the train track you're on mm. and, uh, and get on, get on Thomas the Tank Engine instead of the uh, bullet in China. Yeah, I agree. That was far more enjoyable. That was great. <laughs> um, I'm going to wind this up by asking you two final questions. Um, the, the, the second one you've kind of already answered, but we'll revisit it. But the first one is, if you could take me running, if you and I could go running together anywhere in the world, where would you take me? Oh, can I just say, listeners, she has not prepared me for this. <laughs> I haven't. Not in any way, shape or form. No. I could have come up with a flipping great answer. <laughs> oh, uh, where would I take you? Off the top of my hat, I have two places I would take you. I'm afraid it's going to have to be two. Yeah, that's I fine. Take you to my white village in Spain. Um, it's at altitude a little bit, and it's actually very unrunnable. But we would run anyway yeah, because we, we can would. do anything when we're together. Mm -hmm. um, and I would take you up this mountain to this tiny little church, actually, and um, and it has the most amazing views, the most amazing air. And yeah, and it's rugged and it's natural and it's dangerous. <laughs> and the other place I would take you is to the Isabella plantation mm. and we would run around and around because it's quite small and we would go over the stepping stones and we would see the colors. And I would tell you all about my father who used to take me there when I was little. And they're, oh, they're uh, two places off the top of my head. And you know what? Had you actually asked me these questions to prepare them, I don't think my answers would have been very good. And I think those, those, mm. they, those came from my heart. 
I love it that there's two very different ones because the first one almost certainly would have ended in some kind of catastrophe that would have made a very funny Facebook post. I'd at have some pushed point. you off, love. Yeah, exactly. And the cross and, would have fallen off the church on top of you and it would have... Yeah, <laughs> we would have been arrested. I mean, all sorts of shenanigans would have gone down. In a Spanish and, jail, fantastic. Yeah. And the second one, we would have taken the most beautiful picture that we probably wouldn't have shared with the world, but the most beautiful picture in front of that sea of colour that's usually in May that, of course, we've all missed because yeah, the plantation was closed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, equally, we would have had just as much fun, which is mm. wonderful. Mm. My final, final question, Caitlin, is this. At the beginning of lockdown, the government sent the entire country a text message um, informing us that we were going into lockdown um, it was, a, it was a text message that was the same for everyone in the UK. If you had the ability to send a text to the entire country right now, what would it say? Um, it would say, and it's kind of the message in my talk that I give, it would say, don't wait for your final 40 minutes to be given to you. Hmm. Get on and live, with, you know, live your life now. Just don't, don't wait. Oh, it's giving me goosebumps. I didn't say that very well, though. <laughs> no, you did. It's, oh. But. Because we've gone full circle with our talk. You know, yeah. we started with your 40 minutes. And we've ended with your 40 minutes. Yeah. And in everything we've talked about, you've proved that by so having something horrendous happen to you, and it is, you know, ill health. And we, we, you and I have lots of mutual friends. You know, we, have, we know lots of bear cats that have really suffered. Um, and, uh, you know, a few recently, I'm not going to mention any names, but, you know, who've battled really hard against the odds. And in many ways, it's horrible. It is. You know, living with chronic pain is horrible. Living with the uncertainty is horrible. Living with being poked and prodded and examined and you know, bits in every orifice is horrible, mm. but it is, if we choose to accept it, the most wonderful gift mm -hmm. because it shows us, like you said, you had 40 minutes to live and it shows us that actually we have a choice how we choose to live and what we choose to do with our time, what we choose to say about others, what we choose to say about ourselves when we look in the mirror. Um, and you are someone, I can honestly say this, Caitlin, who I think about every day and I think about because you, and I'm not going to cry because yeah. it, it really does make me emotional. I think if David Goggins, the Navy SEAL, came to live with you, yeah. it would be another fabulous book because <laughs> you would... I, you know, who knows what you'd achieve at the end of it, because you would be one so shit scared about him shouting in your ear, but at the same time, so inspired that someone's given you another gift to really go out and live. Oh, damn. Um, how can you tempt me with that thought? Bridget, I know if you can make this happen, you will do it. I will. If you really loved me, Bridget, <laughs> if you really thought I was a close friend of yours, I think it would be very kind of you to organise this for me. Well, perversely, I know someone who knows him. Stop it! Um, and there is talk about bringing him to the UK to do a series of... You know, a bit Tony Robbins style, a series of uh, big conferences. So watch this space. But um, I'm going to, I've made so many notes, Caitlin. I'm going to put all the notes in 
the podcast episode notes, uh, we're going to share the hell out of this. And anyone who's listening, who is looking for someone to improve their company culture, <laughs> um, I'm going to put Caitlin's contact details up. Bring it on. Uh, bring it on because mm. yeah, you would rock it. I'm going to end the recording. We're going to chat for five minutes, um, basically to laugh at ourselves. No. Uh, but I will get you back for another episode because I think people will want to hear more from you. Mm. Thanks, so, Bridget. Thank, thank you. you. Oh, Caitlin, she's wonderful. She really is wonderful. I could interview Caitlin for hours. In fact, we will probably do another episode fairly soon, a follow-up one. I think we might do an episode just of embarrassing stories would be quite a good one, um, in line with my Instagram change, which is going to happen kind of soon. Um, yeah, wonderful. I really invite you to head over to the show notes and connect with Caitlin. Um, definitely go and buy the book Living with a Seal because it will make you laugh out loud at times, but it will also give you the kick up, a kick up the butt if that's what you need. Um, yeah, I love that. I really love that. Um, I'm going to get it all edited and out as soon as possible. So it's June the 17th today and uh, I'm hoping to get it out this evening. And all of you, all of you, all of you, thank you for supporting this podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I've got some new podcast fans in Canada, weirdly. Um, so hi to you and thank you for sharing. You've been wonderful at sharing episodes with your friends. Yeah, I'm growing my little podcast slowly but surely. Um, I don't know if it's ever going to be anything massive, but that's not why I started it. I started it to really feel like I was talking to people one-to-one. Um, people that can't um, have access to my coaching can learn some little bits from me and from my guests. So wherever you are in the world, whatever you're doing, um, however you're listening to this, I say thank you and let's continue to connect. Let's continue to support each other and lift each other up. And until the next time, I send you lots of love.